Welcome to the Rewilding Blueprint podcast. Your pit stop for unleashing your primal power. We're here to turbocharge your day, giving you the strategies to resurrect your lean, athletic body and a mindset forged in the furnace of life's challenges. Why? Because this isn't just about workouts. This is about reclaiming your natural born right to a life of vitality, success and unbreakable focus. My mission for you is simple. Absorb one game-changing piece of advice from each episode and put it into action today. Are you ready to abandon the stale gym air and tap into your primal roots? Let's get started. Yo, who we got coming in? Everyone dialing in? Nice. Good to see. Kieran, how you doing, dude? Still connecting to audio. Everyone's still connecting to audio, apart from apart from Colette. <laughs> She's Sorry, in. Sorry, good. Hanging away there. Apologies. That's all right. You good? I am, yeah. I'm, I'm in the office, but we're, we're all right. We're, mate, in the office. Well, I guess, I guess I can't really say anything. I'm sort of technically in the office too, right? True. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> Before I say, go home, take some time off. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But yeah, how how you doing there, mate? Good week? All gone, going well? Not yeah, no complaints. Got my yeah. workouts in. My legs are absolutely killing me. I literally I can't walk, but yeah, we're doing all right. Lovely, lovely job. Um <laughs> cool. So yeah, we've got yeah, Pete looking good. Uh, Kieran just dropped in. Fran, and you came in with the camera on. I thought you were gonna gonna say for yeah, reasons. I just thought discuss. you could enjoy enjoy the, the spray tan setting and the fact that I am genuinely like an orange shade right now. I thought you could just enjoy that. This one time. Cool. And we'll just give a big um shout out, big welcome to Pablo. Just came on board yesterday, Monday. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. Well, I forgot what day it is. Uh, mate, dialing in all the way from Mexico, which is pretty cool. Oh, you paid. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Right, wicked. I'll tell you what we'll kick off with, because I like to just start off with wins and all that sort of stuff. It's always a good one. I'll start off with a quick win for myself. Um, got my first sort of back-to-back lot of training runs in this week, which has been something I've been wanting to do for a while something I've been wanting to build up through and I've just been working through those sort of different phases so that was quite nice to get that one to get that one cracked and in the bag this week um and I'm going to just try and push that the rest of the week maybe in the Saturday morning so sort of six back-to-back runs but nothing nothing super long at the moment just like four or five miles running without the watch as well to just kind of just enjoy just being out and just and just clocking up those nice steady miles which is always good and then uh, I'll I'll keep I'm going to keep that pushing for maybe four to six weeks, and within that block, about halfway through, I'll look to take the frequency down and just and just push the intensity up over one run, and I want to be hitting like a thirty plus by the end end of the block. So yeah, feeling good on my training front. Anyone anyone got any quick wins that they want to share or drop in? 
Oh, I've told work I can't work in the office anymore. <laughs> yeah, awesome, mate. Always a win. Always a win. And by the sounds of it, they pushed back and you were like, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> I, I told you the yeah. deal. Mate, yeah. wicked. And I took the day right. off today and did a bit and passed my VHF course. Oh, so. awesome. Wicked. Mm. That's cool. That is cool. Right then. In that case, let's get this, let's get this on the go. So um last time, the last one of these, right, we kind of dived into it a fair bit and we kind of really dived into some of the theory and stuff behind it. So if anyone wants to catch up back on that, just jump into guides, search webinar, and it will pop up like body composition one. We'll revisit a little bit of that just to kind of set the scene. And of course, if anyone wants to, um, you know, jump in with anything, any questions throughout, just just feel free, just unmute and say hello. So this is how I started the first one. And I always think this is worth revisiting. So diets suck, right? As soon as you say, I'm going on a diet, you are pretty much pushing yourself towards failure. And we're all about setting up for success, right? So so those those stats there, right? Don't lie. If you go in with the mentality that I am going on a crash diet, within three years, 95% of people will have fallen out of whatever they've done. And what's even worse than that is one third to two thirds of those will be in an even worse position with their nutrition than they were before. So I think that's just a thing we just need to get out of that diet sort of mindset. We're not going on diets, right? We're just fueling our body in a in a goal appropriate way what really works then right because i you know it's, it's all brilliant going hey you need to worry about your glucagon and stuff but we also need to go right here is what works so here are approaches that can be employed employed right for longevity so we don't become that 95 percent, yeah in three years self-monitoring so there has to be a degree of self-monitoring, right? And we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail of this as, as we go. You can do low carb, right? It can still work. You can go high carb, it can still work. You can do keto, right? Ketogenic approach can still work. And you can intermittent fast. That is still going to work. And it's nice to have this handful of approaches that are going to work for you that you don't need to see as a diet. So what really doesn't work, right? So some of the more, you know, I'm not going to be professional, absolutely mental shit that we see out there and that does go on. A blood type diet. Yeah, I'm sure people have heard of this or, or maybe not, but apparently if you're A positive, you need to eat different foods than if you're A negative, right? 100% not true. Um, The snake diet, right? So... I'm, I'm a big believer in looking at, you know, paying attention to our evolutionary biology and trying to, to, you know, be in tune with that. Now, someone's taken that a step further, right? And gone, well, we've evolved from snakes at some point. So therefore, we should all eat like snakes, right? And they say that we should like not eat for three, four days and then can like take in like 10,000 calories in a one Um Again, not a good idea. The lunar diet. This is something to do with the moon, right? And if the, like, 
different orbit or whatever. If it's a full moon, we need to be eating a different type of food. And then the alkaline diet, like, I don't know, you're meant to eat batteries or something. So this is, this is just a prime example of someone taking a small bit of information that is factually correct and then going, yeah, cool. That's great. We're just going to apply this to everything now. So, you know, like our blood plasma, right, is generally a certain pH. So someone's taken that and just gone, all oh, right, well, then obviously every single bit of food that we eat needs to be at that um, alkalinity. Obviously mental. So there's so much out there. And and people probably do these things and they go, well, I've just lost weight or whatever. It must work. Well, yeah, of course. You've not eaten any food. You've been a snake and you're not eating any food for three, four days. Then, yeah, that's, that's probably going to happen. But it's just obviously not what we want to be doing. So this is what we spoke about last time. So managing weight, the only way to do it is looking at that calorie calorie balance, right? And we can go into loads of detail there. We can go into really specific algorithms, but essentially everyone's going to be slightly different here. Everyone has a slightly different setup. They, they have different metabolic rates, etc. But we can we can use some rough numbers, right? And it's these numbers that I use to, when I push out, um, you know, portion sizes, when I push out calorie amounts, when I push out uh, macro splits, is these numbers that I'm using to get that. And we then refine and tweak from there because everyone's going to be different. We've got to work out what's going to work, right? Kick the arse out of this last month. When we're looking at the calories that we need to go into, we need to be considering our base metabolic rate, our uh, non-exercise adaptive thermogenesis, so uh, calories burned from unconscious activity, our non-exercise activity, so me waving my arms around now, Fran like looking like a, a, a metronome. This is all stuff that's going to be burning our calories. Our exercise activity, yeah, going to the gym, going for a run, going for a walk, running up the stairs. And then our thermic effect of food, so the calories that it takes to digest food. If you've got a higher protein diet, if you're eating more, this is going to be higher. Cool. So self-monitoring. So when we spoke about, right, what are the strategies that can work to ensure we see longevity to, to how we manage our nutrition? So self-monitoring is absolutely essential to make this happen and you there needs to be a level of self-monitoring that goes on essentially forever if you want to be staying on top of your nutrition but this can look very different and we can work through different levels of this self-monitoring to get success and we can go up and down in this this sort of ladder depending on how tight you want to be and how strict you want to be with it. So this is, so I do, I do this one. This is where I'm at with my self-monitoring. I do a, a mirror check. My wife accuses me of doing it every two minutes, but honestly, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I just do it kind of like once a week. And yeah, I just, I just have a look and I just, and I ask myself the question. Yeah. Am I happy? Am I where I want to be? Do I need to be losing weight? Do I need to be gaining weight at the moment? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm pretty happy. If I'm then like, yeah, you know what? I've, I've been smashing a few too many bags of Doritos. I then know next week I need to smash less bags of Doritos, right? 
if I'm like, actually, I'm wanting to, to put on some size right now, then obviously I know I need to start eating a bit more. That That is the probably level that you work towards getting that most sort of self-awareness. But it can also be goal dependent. So if I was to move into a phase where I was like, you know what, actually, I need to tighten this up and I want to get three kilos off, then I would probably just come, I'd probably dive straight into here. So I'd be going into like a twice, a twice weekly weigh-in. But like I said, we can see this as this ladder that we can move up or down depending on the intensity of our goal and whether this self-monitoring is working, right? So there's some people, can't see everyone is in here, but yeah, so there's, there's some people in here that I we've had dialed in to like a like we've moved all the way up this ladder to like a daily accountability report and reflection. So that's a level of every single day looking at you, your, uh, your nutrition, reflecting on whether that is in line with the goals that you are working towards and then making a decision on how you tweak the next day to make sure that's in line with that. So, so that's the highest level. Intensive, you're, you're looking at taking 15 minutes per day really to ensure everything is getting logged and managed and really thought about. And then we've got all these ones in between. So a weekly weigh-in, a twice-weekly weigh-in, and a daily weigh-in. Um, anyone got any thoughts on that or anything they want to want to, want to cover? Go, Chris V. No, I just see you poking the screen, mate. I'm not sure if you, I'm not sure if you understand anything. Um, oh, sorry, mate. So I was muted because I was eating. Uh, no, I was just thinking mirror check. Like that's an easy, an easy one. I'll try not to do it every twenty seconds, like either. <laughs> mate, it's a shame not to sometimes, right? Especially when the tash is that good, dude. You got to celebrate <laughs> it. Cool. So, obviously, pros and cons to each. Pros with that mirror check, super quick, super easy. Cons isn't going to be that accurate. Daily accountability report and reflection, you know, pros, you're going to be nailing it. I think when, when you've moved up to that level, there's almost no way that you can't be moving in the direction that you want to be going. However, that is a considerable mental load that you are putting on yourself. And if we're saying, right, this is the direction we're going, this is the self-monitoring that we're going to be doing, you have to be happy with the trade-off there that there's going to be increased levels of stress and that increased burden. However, as long as you're happy with that, then that can definitely be something that's really useful to, to move into. Cool. Low carb, low carb approach. So this is, I'd say the self-monitoring is, you know, runs along all the time. When we look at now a, a, a more, you know, nutritional approach, these are just, these are just broad overviews. And I think the main focus that I want to push through here and we'll nail this at the end as well is that any approach can work as long as we're getting that energy balance right. And we've got to be looking at the approach that fits with your goals and is enjoyable to you because we can make pretty much any approach fit as long as it's in line with, with your goals, right? And as long as you can enjoy doing it. So a low carb approach. So this isn't keto. So going into ketogenesis is a is a different thing altogether here, right? 
low carb is just keeping keeping your carbs. I'll be obviously individual to each person, but probably around 200, 200 grams a day, which is actually, that is still fairly low, right? A low carb approach is not appropriate if you're looking for a high level of intensity that is geared to performance in your workouts. So if you're looking to be, um, you know, hitting hard hill runs, for example, um, and working super hard for that 60 to 120 seconds, 180 seconds, if you're trying to do that on a very low carb approach, it's going to be a real struggle. So let's say if your goal was to run a 400 or 800 meter PB, you definitely don't want to be going down a low carb route. If you want to be building real muscle and real hypertrophy, you don't want to be going down a low carb route. However, it can be really good if you enjoy having a large food quantity. So if you want to be able to sit down and have a big bowl of food, right, that will fill you up, then this is the one to go for, right? So the low carb approach. To keep this as like simple as possible, right? How how do you go about nailing into some, into some low carbs? We need to be taking sounds common common sense, right? We need to take really carby stuff off the menu. Yeah, Chocora, everyone's like, nice one, cheers. Um, <laughs> to eat low carbs, I need to stop eating so many carbs. <laughs> but what are we what are we looking at here, right? Pasta, rice, potatoes. And bread, those really starchy things off the menu. A, a good test you can do with this is if, if you take something like that um, and you cook it and you put it in your mouth and you leave it in your mouth for sort of 20, 20 odd seconds and it <laughs> and it starts tasting really, really sweet. Yeah, that means it's it's breaking down into sugar already. So it's going to be very, very fast digesting and it's got a lot of glucose in. So it's got a lot of sugar in essentially, right? So it's going to be higher carb per um, per gram of food stuff. What do we replace that with then? Because we need still need to be putting stuff in. This is where just getting our, our veg and using it in a slightly more creative way, right, is, is going to be a win. So, you know, instead of spaghetti, get a couple courgettes, get a spiralizer, turn it into courgette. We swap out on, on things like mashed potato, right? That goes. And that's when we're looking at like mashed parsnips, uh, celeriac, you know, butternut squash, any sort of root vegetable will do the, will do the job with that, to be honest. Has anyone got any favorite root veg or anything like that that they've done a mash with that's worked really well? I, I am going to say, uh, Chris Vernon, dude, mate, you are obviously the man to be hitting up for this. Any good ideas for our for our mashed root veg? Any hidden gems? Oh. I've massively put you on the spot. Massively put you yeah, on the you spot. Yeah, you are, mate. Cheers. <laughs> uh, Carrot and Swede. Yeah. yeah. Swede. Yeah, nice. Swede, turnip, really good ones. Get that mashed up. Like a little bit of butter in there, golden. Um, and what we've done there, we've reduced that carb intake. We've got more fiber and stuff like that. And another really good one to check out instead of just your pastas, 
you can get red lentil pastas and like and pea pastas. They're they're an absolute winner for this sort of stuff, and they're higher in protein. If you're still wanting to get some of that like rice and and stuff in, then what we want to be doing is looking for the for some wild rice or like mixed beans. You'll see them called like ancient grains or or that sort of thing. Really awesome ones. Go for higher fiber content, just better nutrition per calorie as well. So. We just see an easy reduction in overall overall carbs. So, therefore, your 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 you know your calorie intake is going to be coming down without compromising on the nutritional quality or the actual physical quantity of food on your plate as well. So, the low carb approach, basically, if you if you're wanting to reduce calories so you can lose more weight, this is a really useful way to do it. Works really well. Um, lots of pros to it however if you're wanting to be still building that kind of lean muscle and building that athletic explosive performance not the route to take any questions Luke is parsnip is that a carby veg or low carb It's, it's, it's low carb mate it's low carb so Almost what we're looking at here, I guess, because it's almost so. So parsnip's a good one for that approach. So almost if we look at this low carb or or high carb, I'd probably use those words, and I I shouldn't have because I guess it depends. You know, you could eat forty grams of potatoes, and you could uh, sorry forty grams of carbs from potatoes. You could also eat forty grams of carbs from parsnips. It's yeah. just you'd have to eat a shitload more parsnips, right, to yeah. to get that. And you'd probably just be peeling parsnips all day, right? Talk about your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, mate. Through the roof by the time you peel all those. <laughs> um, but what, what we did, oh, God, this slide came up at the right time. Um, so what we're really looking at is that GI index, so your, your uh, glycemic index. So that's how quickly the food is going to push blood sugars up. So I've used a sweet potato here as, as an example. So that's got a much lower GI. So a parsnip would have a much lower GI than a white potato. So it's got a much lower glycemic index. So it won't, the carbs that are in there will get broken down much more, much more slowly, which leads to a, just a more uh, stable release of glucose um, from your gut into the blood that makes sense dude cool so yeah, i'll just pop in with a question go nick go um i kind when you were saying about the low carb being um not exactly great for hypertrophy mm. kind of seems like a counterintuitive kind of thing because you, you would think that dropping carbs and increasing your protein would be the way to go so is it is it more the fact that the carbs are then extra fuel in your work to create the hypertrophy or is it a slightly different way if to, yeah no I, I got you mate to, to a degree so if, if you're saying with that low carb or high carb approach i'm almost seeing protein as staying constant between the two approaches so if you're pushing um let, let's say you're dropping your carbs down then it would be fats which are going up, yeah, to, to make up for that space, to, to fill that calorie gap. 
So the reason when we're looking at hypertrophy, when we want to be having a, you know, a stable amount of carbs coming in, a lot of what we get in hypertrophy and why we actually start seeing real size before we start actually laying down like new muscle fibers. Yeah. What we see is a extra cellular sort of growth within the cell matrix, right? I'm probably making this sound way more complicated just because I need to sound clever, right? Basically what, what that is though, is just glucose. It's coming into the muscle. So if we're asking, if we're asking our muscle to perform some work for like, let's say 30 to 60 seconds, the fuel source, the energy that that's going to be coming from is going to be from glucose and it'll be the glucose that drives the ATP. Now, if we're asking our body to, to do that, the body's going to adapt to that and it's going to try and get better to that, get better at doing that. So what it does is it puts more glucose in the muscle cells and it keeps a better glucose store in those muscle cells. So, so that's why you will then get more hypertrophy because the muscle cell itself may have like doubled in size because of the extra glucose in there. Okay. So it's like, it's, in a way, it's almost that your cells grow rather than new cells being made per se, in a way. Yeah, I would see it more as a more as swelling. I'd see it more as the, the, the cell sort of swell yeah because they're now holding on to the to the extra glucose so that's why and and also building muscle takes a a decent uh, energy surplus it's quite hard to actually be you know it's energy intensive to be building you you know to be building new muscle which is why you know resistance training is so good for for metabolic health oh well thank you for that sorry guys cool. if that was a bit beyond where you wanted no 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 worries dude um so the high carb approach, right? So again, high carb approach is can work. It can work for weight loss. Is also more suited for if we're looking for that higher performance, right? So if you want to be feeling good through your workouts, if you want to be feeling like you can really push, then this is where we want to be. Now, you want to be ideally structuring those higher carb carbohydrate meals, like just before, and just after your training to be getting the maximum benefit from that. You do still want to be trying to keep the higher fiber foods in there though. So, you know, I wouldn't just be saying eat 10 bowls of white rice a day, right? So if you can be pushing towards like your brown rice and your brown pasta and like your sweet potatoes, for example, just have like a, you know, decent amount of it. You're still going to be getting a good carpet, but we're going to be, having that slightly more sustained energy so, so that that's kind of what we're looking at here with this gi index so we can still be high carb but we can still have good we can still have good fiber intake um, which is just going to help keep everything else nicely nicely regulated now if you're wanting to lose weight you can still do this on high carbs however we you know within reason but we do need to be mindful then of our fat content right because this is where then it's very very easy to end up pushing fats like super high now i'll be saying what we'll probably be looking at here is maybe 50 grams of fat a day which is towards the lower end that comes in at about 450 calories yeah so if we're looking if we're on a high carb approach we're probably going to be looking at about 450 calories of fat now like a, a golf ball size of peanut butter 
is let's just call it 200 cows for the 200 calories for the sake of my math. So if you had two and a bit golf balls of peanut butter, that would be your fats done for the day, right? It's about 10 people all just sort of like doing this right now. <laughs> so that that's just a consideration. This is where it becomes super easy to get caught out with things like olive oils, uh, you know, avocados, you know, for a whole avocado, and that, that, that's, you know, could be 500 calories right there because of the fats. This isn't to say any of this stuff is bad. It's not bad. Is we want to be mindful of it if we're saying, right, I just want to eat loads of pasta and rice and stuff like that. Cool. Okay. Ideally, we're doing that to fuel hard athletic training sessions and with them being mindful of how much fat we're going in. Sweet. The keto diet, the ketogenic diet, right? There, this is like exploded in popularity most people who are going keto aren't going keto they're going low carb a, a lot of the time um before i before i bang on anymore anyone got any thoughts on keto or does anyone want to you know give give any ideas on keto or, or any preconceptions just, there seems to be um, some ideas banded around that um, going keto has all sorts of other health benefits mm. um, in terms of like anti-aging, making mm. you look young and all sorts of other things as well. Um, which I guess, uh, and I think that's kind of an easy sell to some extent because people can kind mm. of easily get their head around if you're forcing your body to do the same with a lot less then it has to be pretty sparing with what it uses mm -hmm. yeah 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 De definitely there's a lot of stuff like that around and i think there's some there's some element of truth there but i think it's probably what's really happening there right i, I think a lot of the time if you're really going ketogenic, like you are on your nutrition, like a hundred percent, you are dialed in, you are focused on that. You, you, you're probably not doing any takeaways. You're definitely not doing any proper fast food. Um, you are cooking every single thing from scratch. You are not going to be having any food that's coming out of a packet. Nine, you know, nine times out of 10. So if we got a person and then just went, right, this person doesn't eat, any processed foods they cook everything they eat from scratch they never have takeaways and they never hit up fast foods oh and they eat loads of veg as well by the way and then you went is it surprising that this person is looking quite good for their age you'd probably be like well no not really they're like fully on their nutrition right um and I think that's probably what's really what is actually really going on with that. Yeah. Um, and anyone else, I, I heard someone else about to say something, but any um, other ideas? Just mainly that, um, like you said, there, it just seems like a really difficult diet that you'd never really be able to, like you said, unless you were really, really dialed into it, it'd just be something that you couldn't sustain for very long. You'd just end up it being either 
just too hard, too intensive to just manage. You'd never be yeah. able to keep it going for a long time. Like if you were, say you went low carb, I'd imagine you probably, you might feel maybe a little bit less sluggish than keto, I guess, but you'd probably feel better overall and you'd, you'd just have a, like a better relationship with food because you'd still be then kind of going out. You can still go out and enjoy yourself rather than trying mm. to live yourself. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think, you know, my my thoughts on on keto, um, so just Fran, keto sounds so like fun to me. Chris, I, I had a friend who had some good results from it, but he said that he didn't enjoy it at all. See, I I did, I I went keto for a bit or, you know, went very low carb and I actually fucking loved it because I ate loads of avocados, I ate loads of bacon, I had steak, I just <laughs> nailed peanut butter in. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, coffee in the morning with cream in it and butter in it. And I was just like, yeah, and, uh, loving this. Um, but, and, and also I did see my steady state cardio um, performance improve because I did get much better at working in that low zone two heart rate. And my body got very good at just metabolizing fats for energy. So I could just go and just bimble around for 20 to 30 miles and not really take any nutrition with me whilst I was out because I was carrying an awful lot of fat supplies that my body could easily tap into. So there's a huge, there is a, there is a benefit to it, to it there. However, what I was absolutely rubbish at was lifting weights of any sort of intensity. Um, I looked kind of, I guess, withered. We'll go with, right? I said I looked quite sort of withered. I didn't, I didn't have that sort of any sort of fullness to to my musculature. Um, so there's that downside to it. Now, I think it is very good for weight loss. I, I do believe it is good for weight loss. Um, and that tends to be for, for a couple of reasons. One, to do that, you have to go through a complete nutritional overhaul. I'm talking like you're, you know, you're clearing out your kitchen, you're taking any foods that aren't goal appropriate and you're, and you're taking them to a food bank or something like that, right? Um, we're not going to throw them out because we don't like food waste, right? Um, so we're doing uh, we're doing all that sort of stuff. We're having a huge, complete nutrition overhaul. You have to be incredibly mindful of everything you eat. So generally, when we look at ketosis, what we're looking at is is fifty grams of carbs is what we want to be um, under. If you think like a banana, it's normally sort of twenty to thirty grams of carbs, right? Like that is minimal, right? That is that is nothing and it, you know you, you want to eat fruit well you're not getting on the ketogenic diet pr pretty much right so it's pretty brutal it's pretty brutal on that front but what we do see because you don't have the glucose in the body so you, your body produces something else called ketones which it gets from pulling different things apart that suppresses a hormone called uh glucagon which means we we kind of rewire the brain it doesn't have that preference for sugar so you have a reduced sort of sugar craving like massively but you've got to be willing to go through sort of two weeks of basically sheer misery 
right before before you get to that point so this can be a really good approach if you are willing to hit a complete nutritional overhaul you want to be doing longer distance workouts but you're not too worried about building uh, and maintaining musculature um but you need to do a complete nutrition overhaul and you know it is hard to sustain unless you're in like some sort of crossfit cult right where where they all sort of like do paleo stuff together um you'll basically be doing <laughs> be doing this on your own apart from of course if you say i want to do it then i'll support you right you won't be completely on your own i'll say go on we can <laughs> we got this i'm not gonna bully you um so keto is actually can actually be a good approach again it needs to be goal appropriate and you need to make sure it's going to fit in with your with your sort of lifestyle so i thought i'd just cover that without diving into too much of the kind of ins and outs behind that right um cool now yeah a few things i just said looks like i doubled that slide up anyway intermittent fasting again good approach i think this is something that would be really useful for most people to do now why why does it do this well one we're building discipline and, and i'll touch on why this is important in, in a bit so it builds discipline to stick with something right if we're saying you know for example we need to be making sure we're doing our our sort of self check-ins however we're moving up or down that ladder that takes a level of discipline and we need to be practicing building that in other areas, right? So this is where the fasting side of things can be really useful. Obviously, also, if we're looking to lose weight, well, then great. We're not eating for 18 hours. Okay, obviously, that's going to help. Now, from a, from a more biological level, it, it, it increases our interoception. So our ability right, to actually know when we're hungry. So the ability to actually tune in to what our body is trying to telling us, tell us and then actually listen to it gives a nice little mental reset as well. So I, I know, especially for me, if I've had a, you know, stressful week, stressful weekend, and I need that little line in the stand to get back on track and to say, right, bang, I'm back on it with the discipline. This works really well for me. And you get some people who will be saying, oh, God, it's not good for you. And I just think like, what, really? Like, really? your body can handle missing a meal. Like it, it genuinely like, isn't that big a deal. It body can deal with that. No snag. So I think it's something that can be really, really beneficial to do. I know um, there's probably a, a fair few proponents in here, but anyone got anything to sort of chime in on that one? And um, for it cool. to be classed as intermittent fasting, how long are we talking? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Without food. Fair one. Good, good question. Um, so I would, so generally, a really good starting point and where to go in is about 18 hours. So what we what we can see is um, the, the sort of ghrelin hunger hormone is generally you're looking at about kind of like 18 hours to give that a little reset. What I what I sort of say to people sometimes is like eighteen to twenty four hours. I generally I generally wouldn't recommend going longer than that. Um, 
unless you're really doing it from a point of view of building discipline. But I, I, you know, I don't think there's a huge benefit to going to going longer than that. So I always sort of think start at 18 hours and look, and if you're comfortable with that, then like push to sort of um, up to 24, but 16 to 24 is the window there. So the, the way I would gem, generally like to do it is I'd probably have my evening meal at like 5 p.m., maybe something a, a little bit later at sort of 9 p.m. And then I'll be looking to go in for my first meal the next day at 5 p.m. So essentially I miss breakfast, lunch, and then I go in at, at 9 p.m. Some tips to help with that, 100% black coffee, fizzy water, like is a is a nice one for me. Cool. So, may I look up, up and up or down? But probably, I'd say once a fortnight is generally, generally where I sit on that. But then that also depends on what where my training is at. Um, so, yeah. if I know I'm going to be like nailing a really hard session that day or really pushing something the next few days, then then I wouldn't be, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be. Um, yeah. And you're not going to hit your protein targets and stuff on that day, and you won't. Things. You won't. No, no, no. You, you, you won't. Um, it's it's that it's that trade off that you accept, basically. So, Fran, um, some ideas that it can be slightly bad long term to maintain it. Uh, yeah. So, I'd say, I'd say, if it was something that you were doing, you know, like with high frequency, then yes, I'd. I'd probably agree with that. I, I haven't looked into in in terms of what he said. I, I haven't looked into that, so I couldn't comment directly. But I think this is this is the sort of thing where we need to start doing away with some of these ideas of like fragility around the body, and like the body can handle stuff, right? And I, and I think what we need to be doing here is, you know, like are we looking at, at extremes? Now, I think if we're looking at people doing like, you know is longer fast frequently then yes it can because that will that will screw up your base metabolic rate so when you fast your base metabolic rate will go down like a hundred percent but if if we're just doing it you know for, for a you know quick one-off every now and again that isn't going to be massively massively skewing stuff up because i mean we have people who who are on insane calorie deficits, like insane calorie deficits, and they've been on them for for way, 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 way too long. Um, and they can recover, albeit with some work, but they can recover their sort of base meta, base metabolic rate there, Al although it takes some work to do. And these are people that have been like, you know, 1,500 calorie deficits for years right um but, and that just shows how actually you know how adaptable the human body is right it's, it's an amazing thing that it can adapt to that level um now all these things like they rely on a level of self-discipline and adherence and this is why you know we need to be picking the approach that is goal appropriate and is also we believe to be sustainable for us if you absolutely love, love, love smashing carbs, right, and that's what you live for, do not go right. I'm going to go keto, or I'm going to go on a super low carb approach. It, it won't, it won't work, right? Um, or it won't give you that longevity. So, 
we need to have that self-discipline and we need to have that adherence. Now, I, I mentioned a lot last time, the kind of body's defense mechanism and that regulation of your base metabolic rate, which is kind of what we just spoke about. Um, that is an effect. Um, and it does happen when you adjust calories. So, so when you adjust your calories, your body is going to respond. Yeah, because our bodies don't want to change. Like I always think the best kind of example that you can see in this is is animals, right? Animals out in the wild, my dog, who is a savage beast, but not quite out in the wild, right? They generally maintain a weight. They generally, right? And unless you've got like a Labrador that eats everything, generally they maintain, right, a fairly constant weight, more or less. Even if their their food levels are changing and they just adapt, you know, they intrinsically adapt their behavior to to suit what they've got coming in or what they've got going out. Obviously, they have the luxury of doing that because they don't have to go to work, stuff like that, right? But it's it just shows that the body has that capability to adjust to whatever approach you're you're putting there. But it just needs to make sure that we're we're doing it in a way that you can stick to and that you can self-monitor and check in on so pretty much when we when we look at that stat at the start diets fail now people who see good results with this they practice some form right of self-restraint and that can be um you know with food or it could be across other areas you know indefinitely so they might do things like mindfulness practice they might do some meditation right they might you know run through breathing practices they might do like cold water dips or they might just be you know their form of restraint is around nutrition now you know personally i think you know if we can practice discipline across other areas this crosses over to nutrition and people will obviously see this as we, as we work through stuff so that is that broader picture yeah of lifestyle design um and it's, it, it's got to be conducive so that this, whatever you think you want to take on, right, it needs to be conducive to, to how you see yourself now or how you want to be seeing yourself in a year's time. So if you look to the future in a year, is that version of you going to a uh, pizza party, right, or whatever? If they if they are, then we need to think about, right, is the approach that we're adopting then going to be the one that can work in a year? And then we need to say, right, how do we make this approach fit what we want to do? Is it in line with our goals, right? And can I can I tweak my calorie needs to fit around this? What you've got to do, sounds super simple, right, is then you have to go and implement it, right? There has to be a level of implementation and that has to fit around with that sort of level level of self-discipline. How do we piece it together? Little little pyramid, right? I didn't draw it, stole it from someone else, um, Eric Helms. Sustainability and adherence right at the bottom there of that. I've just harped on about that, right? then we want to be in our calorie deficit or calorie surplus if we're looking to gain weight or if we're looking for real performance enhancements, you know, better energy, better lifts in the gym, faster movements. Exercise comes on top of that, right? 
I also believe this fits into that element of self-discipline. Self-monitoring. If I do the pyramid, I've done it a bit lower, right? <laughs> so self-monitoring is important. If, if you're not, if you're not self-monitoring to some degree, you don't know if this bit here, so your calorie intakes, is where it needs to be. Yeah. Then we look at our protein and fiber intake, super important. Um, our carbs and our fat macros. And then we then we look at supplementation. And then we look at supplements that can help and, and supplements that can back up everything else that we do. That's a cherry on the cake, right? I'm never gonna say to someone go and get all your nutrition from supplementation if those basics and foundations aren't in place first. If I did do that, then I just wear a badge saying, come ask me about how Herbalife can change your life or something like that, right? And that's not the route we're going down here. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Fitting that's a pyramid as well, right? But Herbalife isn't a pyramid scheme. Um, promise. <laughs> right. Cool. Happy days. I'm going to I'm gonna come out of that there and stop screen sharing. And sort of any questions or or thoughts around any of that anything that you almost kind of want more like more clarity on like well you said do low carb but actually you know how would that look for me well almost literally that question is like what's the is kind of a daft question is is like is there a happy medium so if you've got a low carb diet mm. Mm -hmm. and a high carb what's the happy yeah. moderate uh, <laughs> moderate carb. I suppose there is but um, yeah I mean, how no, do you yeah. calculate that yeah so so no dude that, that was a good question um and that yeah it, it's, it's an approach to words and basically it just it just sits slightly in between the two right so you just bring carbs down slightly fats just go up slightly so it is a hundred percent still an approach that works and for some people that's the approach that works best i think um off the top of my head kieran i think I've, i'm work i'm pushing you through through a more moderate approach at the moment i think what what we see there is when we're when we're almost wanting to do this mixture of activities so when we when we still need to have the good steady state endurance but we also still really need to really need to push um then that can be a good a good approach um so so yes moderate works in the middle i think i was just probably taking two extremes to try and kind of demonstrate that both of these can can work right um mike how accurate are tools like my fitness power in giving an accurate calorie target Mate, couple things, couple things on this then. So my fitness pal itself, right, can be very accurate. Now, the discrepancies that we can be getting here with, with things like my fitness pal, and this is why some people love using my fitness pal. They just love that warm hug and sort of uh, clarity that it gives you, and that's cool. However, it does, I, I think it can breed a sense of false confidence at times because 
My fitness pal, well, first of all, anyone can input data onto my fitness pal. So you can buy a tinder tuner and you can put Tesco's John West tuner, 500 grams, and just make up some macros. Now, I think generally my fitness power on top of that. And but but a lot of the time if you go in there and you go to log something, it might say this, 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 like corrected or or whatever that is. So there's that error. Then we also have the error in that food companies, and off the top of my head, it's 20%, only need to be um, as accurate as 20% in their labeling. Now, food companies can 100% be more accurate than that. So if you were selling a weight loss chocolate bar, and you know for a fact that you've measured it to a to a hundred calories, and you know it's definitely a hundred calories because you've got the the tools to do that, and you go and sell it, and you can say it's eighty calories, you can or you could say it's one hundred and twenty calories. Chances are you're probably going to go. You know what? This is eighty calories because it gives you that little edge, right? So there's that error, and then there's also user error. So obviously the tool is only as accurate as, as the person who's using it. And unfortunately, every like people underestimate um, how much they've eaten. Everyone does it. Everybody. So there's a good famous study on this one. They got uh, a load of dietitians. So people, you know, uh, degree level trained on how many calories to eat, right? And they told them that they were being monitored. They said, we are watching you and we are watching how many calories you eat. Record it. Every single one of them under-recorded how many calories they actually logged. Every single one. So we are hardwired, right, to underestimate that. Another another good one on this, just to, just to back that point up, is they took um, X amount of people off the street, who was sitting at clinically obese, they asked them, you know, how many calories do you eat per day? They asked them to keep a diary and they were off by average of 51%. Like that's, you know, that's pretty massive, right? If you say I'm eating 2000 calories a day, actually you're eating 3000 calories a day. That's, that's a big old difference, right? Over a week, 7,000 calories, that's basically a kilo. So we are we are just so and and that and, and I'm just going to drill the point here. That isn't because they were lazy. That isn't because they couldn't be bothered. That isn't because they weren't interested. Um, they really genuinely believe that because we are so hardwired up there to to um, underestimate that. And also on the flip side, annoyingly, for exercise, it's the other way. So people generally tend to overestimate by fifty percent as well how much exercise they've done. Really, really, really interesting how the mind works like that and how we are just absolutely, absolutely set to see those numbers in what is technically a helpful way from a evolutionary survival standpoint of needing to conserve, needing to conserve our, our energy. Cool. Cool. Any any thoughts on that? Um, I think... I've I've heard. I'm not entirely sure. I think my my fitness pal is an American company, so I think some of the things that we have over here aren't always on it. But I think 
and I think Chloe told me, I can't remember exactly what it's called, there is a version of it which is pro like kind of UK bias. So it has more of the things on it. I can't remember what it's called though. Yeah, I, I think my fitness power is generally pretty good with 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 most stuff. But yeah, um, there are other, there, there's like loads of apps out there now for it. Um, but I think you, you're still going to essentially be running into the same problems, um, really, yeah. because, because, yeah, it's the same, you know, it's the same, uh, same rules and regulations and everything that they're following, right? So they're still going to be be playing that game essentially to to win and make it as hard as they possibly can for everyone else, right? To, uh, point there. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Tell you what, my mint tea's gone cold. So anyone, anyone, any any thoughts on Luke, that? I'm just having to think about, um, well, like, I suppose training and food and exercise, mm. if anything, you probably want to load, you probably want to eat more on the days you're exercising. But for me, counterintuitively, it's probably the weekends when you're out and about on the go, meeting people, you're not exercising. That's when you're kind of mm. assuming more, if anything. Yeah. So if we look really at a question, but just just a consideration, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. To cut yeah. down. Yeah. No, mate. Good. Good. It, it is a good point. I think. I'm just thinking about when to employ maybe a fast or something as well, because probably harder over the weekend if you're busy but then if you're working out through the week and yeah I, I, yeah a hundred percent mate hundred percent so I think when is that not important um I'd say that that isn't so important for weight loss for example hmm. and the reason it's not so important there is because what we're looking at really is our you know our average calories over the week so, you know, if you have 7,000 calories a week, you have, you have 7,000 calories a week. If you have like 1,000 calories a day, you know, Monday to Friday, and then like, you know, 5,000 Saturday and Sunday, end of the week, good. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that, that does, that evens itself out, right? Yeah. Um, I'd say where it matters more is from a performance standpoint. So if you're training for that performance, which a lot of you in here are then then yes that is where where that consideration needs to be because we do want to be having more on training days to mm -hmm. fuel that workout but actually that doesn't need to be as high as i think a, a lot of people think it is so you you can be looking there at like maybe in you know an extra 50 grams of carbs like 60 minutes before a workout so that would be like another a piece of toast or something yeah so that would be like another two another 200 calories so maybe sort of two bits of toast uh, yeah. a bagel a bagel is a good one a white bagel is a, is a really good option uh with some sort of like jam on or something like that could be a really good really good option um if if you're if you're wanting to hit that you know higher intensity more kind of athletic yeah. Um, movements that's when you can be looking at that and then you could almost be looking at the same post-workout so so yeah got you on that and then mate with, with the fasting and we've, we've sort of spoke about this before again I generally do it I generally look to do it on a Monday just because that's when it fits in nicely for me is that line in the sand mental reset 
right, that's it. I'm going into the week now, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go get this. I'm gonna go get this. Uh, get this cracked back on track. Uh, you know, I'm doing something that requires that willpower to to reset the discipline in other areas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, mate, definitely, definitely a good point. It is, it is the weekends can throw a massive spanner in the works, and there's you know a, a couple options here, isn't there? Is is one we just go, we'll just you know some sometimes sometimes people just need to be told is we just just don't do it, right? <laughs> just don't do it. Um, other times we you know, that is going to happen. And that's when we can just look at those. We can just be more mindful right through the week. So, you know, some of us are off to live the dream on holiday and going to be, you know, planning to absolutely nail what, 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 what was it? Uh, tequila is your drink of choice, was it? Yeah, I'm going on the all-inclusive margaritas from the minute I get off that plane. <laughs> and essentially what we said there is, is right, let's reduce our carb portions through the week. Let's basically just carb portions of each meal, just basically half them. And then we're, we're banking calories there for that. Now, this is one of those things where we then ask the question, well, is that conducive to overall absolute optimal health? Like, well, no. But is either that or like you go on holiday and you and you just stay in your hotel room, right? And don't leave. And is that conducive to overall health as well? I'm probably going to argue no, it's not from like that that mental health perspective, right? So it is about balancing everything, looking at our, you know, looking at the reality of the situation, looking at the perceived demands that be in place on us and then going, right, how can I make this? How can I make this fit? And that's where those easy tweets to make, the easiest tweet to make there nine times out of 10 is to just, is just to bring your car portions down at each meal. Just don't eat, just drink. Yeah. So, yeah. I did consider just like tracking how many margaritas I have just to stress out Lou because he watches my fitness pal just look <laughs> complete alcohol breakdown. Yeah. Just be like, my God, my God. Um, I found a, the recipe for a heart attack for you, Luke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who was in in here. Um, ah, oh, a while back. I don't. I don't think they're here now. So I feel. I, I sort of feel okay to say. Um, and it was on like a goal setting, one of the goal setting calls, and just the topic of conversation for literally twenty minutes was just booze. And this person had come in on like their their first sort of Monday call, and I was have I was like I had to mention them afterwards. I was like, honestly, it's it's like. I was like, this must genuinely feel like they just come to like an AA meeting or something like that. I just had to be like, honestly, this isn't what it's always like. like. Stag dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I've got there you go. on this weekend, Luke. So. Mate, yeah. Well, happy days. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Cut them car portions down. But but this is this is where we go. Like, you know, all heard it before, you know, prior planning prevents piss poor performance, you know, RPs, we, we know it's coming up. We know there are these approaches that we can now adopt to suit that. We can say, right, we're going to hit low carb up for the week and I'm just not going to raise my fats up and that is going to bring my cal my calories back in track. Then I'm looking at my overall energy consumption through the week. It's going to be much more balanced. Trade-off there is I say, okay, 
for me to go on this stag do that I want to do, the trade-off that I'm accepting is my, the performance of my workouts isn't going to be as high as it normally is because I'm going to be bringing my carbs down. I'm not going to be quite as well fueled. Um, or we just say, and, and, you know, let's bring the carbs now. Let's make, try and move them closer around the workout. So 60 minutes before, 30 minutes afterwards. So we get that better recovery from the workout still. And, and, and we're looking at that kind of like, you know, damage, you know, control, basically. Um, cool. How's everyone with that? Very good. For me. Yeah, let me let me do let me do a quick a quick photo. No, Everyone's happy. No, I'm orange. You can't do it while I'm orange, you dickhead. Like you, no, can't. you can see. I'll, <laughs> I'll put a filter on. Okay. Straight back in again. I I will tag you, Fran. <laughs> I'm literally. <laughs> Back on the screen, I was like, I've got an even more orange as the All Nutrition webinar went through. I genuinely think if you didn't say anything, no one would notice. I'm like basically the same colour as my bloody cushions. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> right. Well, enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. And anyone, any final points that they want wrapped up or, or touching on before I hit the big red button? I think my only thing like I find personally quite challenging with my nutrition mm. is the really shitty part where it syncs with my cycle where all I want is dairy milk and to lie in a bowl under a blanket and just have mm. people throw chocolate bars at me. I think that's if I'm being completely honest that's when my nutrition really struggles because it's just like oh, that's all I want is sugar, chocolate, yeah. and cups yeah. of tea. Yeah, got you. You tried the keto diet. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm savage. God, so, imagine how brutal I'd be about meetings then if I was on a keto diet. Yeah, right. Jesus. So I, I think, look, this is this is the thing where you know I can sympathise, not empathise. I, I don't know if that's the, the right way around, but that's it right. is. It it is saying. Is that is that recognising that's going on and going like how how do we manage that and it is then potentially accepting that we say right that that week we say right it's fine i i'm going to stay at maintenance i'm not going to be pushing myself into a deficit that week so this week i'm going to just stay i'm going to stay at maintenance i'm not going to push myself in into a deficit and the big thing here is like you know looking for those patterns and if we know that's going to happen and we just want to stay at maintenance we don't want to go in into a deficit that's one that's going to make you feel better straight away but then Secondly, the thing the things to do there is saying, right, I know I'm gonna want to eat a kilo of dairy milk, right? So I I will factor that in. You know, I'm gonna factor that in elsewhere. Yeah. So I'm going to again just, you know, make you know, reduce breakfast down. So I have that allowance for myself, you know, let later in the day. Or, you know, if it is if it is just those like like real sugar hits you're craving. It's, it's often better to just try. I, I think anyway, it's often better to just try to drip feed that, right? So we don't end up just going like absolutely pulling the pin and nailing in, you know, like kilos and kilos and kilos of, uh, all, all at once. You know, so it, it's things like those things like, you know, can you can you try like a diet Coke, for example, right? As opposed to, a, you know, a full fat, full sugar Coke. That's absolutely fine. Zero calories, right? You know, is it the healthiest thing? Again, no. But 
is that trade-off and what you know what are our non-negotiables and what are we you know willing to do and and what is you know how is it aligned with our goals essentially and i think if it's really that bad that is when you say look this is actually really bad this is you know this does really really hard to manage so in this situation i'm going to make sure i've got like you know diet cokes in and i've got some stuff that i can just trickle feed through as opposed to like breaking and then like nailing in kilos and kilos and kilos would be my thoughts on that flip sides you go well actually you know my goal is to go and fucking pose in a bikini on stage at which point if that's what you want to do right well then you need to say well sorry you just can't do that um so so you know pack it in basically but i don't think that's what we want to do so it's fine yeah I'll put the bikini on for you, right? <laughs> I mean, if I say that that's my new goal, that's a cry for help. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, see. Right. I've got a, my my personal little thing. I've started to try and do is instead of having the points where I've got a craving and trying to just battle through it, I've 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 kind of decided that instead of just negating it all. A little treat every day, factor it in. It's mm-hmm. something that I shouldn't have, but I will do in a little bit, and it just satisfies satisfies that little niggle in my head. Yeah, have something. So yeah, whether it's a cake or chocolate or whatever, I just I do have some, but I mm. I now I manage that now rather than letting that manage me. Do you do you change your sort of you know, uh, selection of treat depending on where you are in your cycle, Nick. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've got to. I mean, otherwise, you know, it, it, you're just going to break down and cry. <laughs> yeah, cool. So, so what we're almost looking there is is that that mindful. I, I I think I've called it different things before, but like kind of like mindful minute. So it's saying, right, I am having this that that first bite or that first sit mentality where yeah. you're really genuinely enjoying that thing. Like if you really want it, you have it, but you you savour that first bite or that first sip and you really enjoy it. And then when you, you know, you're mindful of it and when you get to that point that you're not having that feeling of enjoyment anymore, you, you just fucking put it down. And that I is think, essentially creating intention with what you're doing. Yeah, I think it was when you mentioned it before, that's kind of what pushed it. Is it, it actually it made more sense than anything else of mm. like I said, just being mindful of I want it, but let's actually make it worthwhile. Yeah. 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 Cool. And I, I think, you know, biggest takeaway, nutrition is highly individual to every single person. As as long as you have an approach that's goal appropriate and you enjoy and you can see yourself doing in a year. And that you know you have the self-discipline to self-monitor, right? It takes some trial and error, but it will get there and it it, it will be successful. As long as you're willing to, to have that trial and error, you're you're willing to do the self-monitoring, um, then essentially you end up seeing success with consistency and and with the reps, you know, put putting the reps in in everything we do essentially. Right. Cool. Good to catch up with, with everyone. I'll, I'll I'll say it. Any final final questions, everyone? Everyone happy? Yeah. 
Cool. Awesome, awesome to catch up. Awesome to have a chat. Um, hopefully that's just given some ideas around the kind of, you know, background of selection of stuff that we do. Everyone here is at kind of different points working through stuff. There might be some bits which aren't like 100% uh, transparent for people, but I guess it's one of them that I'll just say as stuff drips out, this will be giving some nice background information to stuff that's going to be popping out um, and popping up for you week by week. So, yeah, cool. Appreciate everyone coming along. Hope you all found it um, found it useful and have a, have a good one. Yep. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.